think I'm nearly done packing. How about you? Uh, yeah, okay, so I've got, like, all the normal stuff, like clothes, toothbrush, sun cream. Um, I'm sure there's... Uh, have you got the list? What's the I've, list? I've got the list. I've got the list. Okay, let's so, go through the list. So in the main suitcase, yep. we've got things we've played. Uh-huh. Yeah, and that's that's yep. in that section there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and then we've, then we've got the carry-on, which we've got the silly voices in. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm, I'm just checking. We, we can't have more than a 100ml bottle of things we've listened to. I was just going to wear that. Oh, you're just going to wear that? Okay, yeah. yeah that, ma- that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, and, oh, have we... Okay, let me check the list. Let me check the list. Um, things things we've watched. Have we got the things we've watched things in we've there? Watched. Uh, oh no, I've, I've put, I put it on the side somewhere safe so I'd remember it. Oh ah, yeah, immediately forgot uh, about of it. Of course, of course. Yeah. Um, and we've got the the ID that says we're a couple of queer trans ladies. Yep, yep, yep. Well, in that case, I think it's all aboard, ready for our flight to queer and pleasant strangers. Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Dale. And I'm not Jane Eris Magna. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers, that podcast where two queer trans ladies do some silly voices and some skits and talk about our weeks and have a bit of a catch-up. How are you doing this week? Do you know I spent 15 minutes in the kitchen earlier while cooking dinner trying to remember how this show opens, and I couldn't remember until I sat down here and opened the show. See, if once, <laughs> once you sit down to open the show, muscle memory takes place. But if you ask me to open a show, like, to, how does a podcast start out of context, I'm like... Um, like, I've been podcasting for five years as, like, pretty much my main source of income. I still don't remember how half my shows open. <laughs> I, I, there are shows I did for multiple years. I don't remember how I started them. Like, how, how did an episode of the Let's Play Video Games podcast start? I don't remember. I think it was hello and welcome to another episode of the Let's Play Video Games podcast. Well, that would make sense. That's probably how you would start a, an episode of that podcast. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. It's because I think ev- pretty much everything else I do where I'm the host opens with... Hello, good evening, and welcome to... Yeah, see, I, I've i been having this problem recently where I've been doing a Pokemon Sword playthrough on Twitch, but because previously all of my Pokemon livestreams had been Let's Go Pikachu, I, I'd i gotten into the cadence of when I go, Hello and welcome to another episode of Pokemon Let's Go I, yeah, Sword. Yeah, I keep wanting to go Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu, and I'm like, Pokemon Sword... And shield? No, I'm only playing sword right now. Sword go shield. Yeah, um, Pokemon Let's Go Sword. I've done a couple of times. <laughs> let's go sword. <laughs> Pokemon Sword. Let's go. Good sword lesbian powers. There. Yeah, it's it's easy to get into that repetitive mindset and be like, "Oops, I don't know how to open a show." I've opened the wrong show sometimes. I've sat, <laughs> I've sat down to do one show and gone, "That's not what show we're on, is it?" We're on the wrong show. I do too many podcasts. We're on the wrong show. <laughs> I don't know why I'm on the wrong show. Yeah, I'm I'm feeling really good today. I'm glad. Um I'm in a good I'm in a good mood. I had a very lovely weekend seeing some friends. Hated. Uh Hi nerds. I've gotten through the very busy time and now I'm just in the kind of busy time. Kind of busy time. It's not as quiet as I thought this week was going to be, but it's still quieter than last week. Uh, yeah, last week was real busy. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I did my uh, thank you Patreon stream. Yeah, you where did. Where I, I did drawings based on everyone's Patreon name. I think considering it's... a lot of my Patreons are also uh, Dice Funk Patreons, <laughs> uh, 
I had a lot of interesting people to draw. I I think if I tried to do that, ignoring the fact I'm no good at drawing, it would take me forever. I would ne- I would not finish it. That would be my whole job. I think it was like a three-hour stream, plus I put like another six hours in it off-stream. Yeah, it's a beautiful it. bit of art you did. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. So, shall we jump into the things what we have experienced in media this week? Yeah, what have you played? Hmm, what have I... I've played... Uh, I've played like one thing mainly. One thing? Um, I can't remember. Last, actually, we'll, we'll get this out of the way. Last last time we did an episode, I hadn't finished Shenmue yet, had I? I don't think. Uh, no, I don't know if you'd finished it. I think I don't think my thoughts have changed much since whatever I said it's last still week. Still dumb as shit. Um, yeah, I finished Shenmue three. Um, it is a game that revels in authenticity and trying to be like exactly the Shenmue you remember. But Shenmue one and two, part of their appeal was. They were technical masterpieces, and a lot of the things they were doing were still really new and novel. Yeah. So, like, or just hadn't been done full stuff. Yeah, exactly. So, being able to go to a crime scene and go, "There's like thirty drawers in this room. I can look in all of them, and they'll have they'll have different things. They might not be the clue, but like the fact that everything was interactable and everyone would talk to you, like those things." at the time were really revolutionary, um, in the same way that, like, I keep comparing it to Red Dead Redemption 2 now. A lot of it's, like, attempts at making things realistic, or replicating things, or having content for content's sake, was once impressive, but now just comes off as disrespectful of the the player's time, because it's no longer... It's no longer a technical masterpiece, it's now just we're slowing you down arbitrarily rather than putting mm. actual substanti- uh, substantive content in. It, it feels less like it respects your time now, uh, whereas yeah. then it was like, look at all the stuff I can do. Back, back then, looking at all the stuff the game could do was what you wanted to be doing with your time. Whereas now it's like, okay, I get it, all of your drawers open. Yeah, We it, grew up, we have jobs now. Yeah, I have, I have jobs, I don't need to sit... Slowly tapping A over and over and over and over and over and over for a good 40 minutes just to get better at horse stance so that I can beat someone up better. That's not necessarily fun. Doesn't sound it. No. What about you? What have you been playing this week? Play some board games. <gasps> We're supposed to play some D&D, but we play some board games. D&D fell through, but tell me about the board games. Uh, yeah, I played some Battlestar Galactica. A yes. game I bought about three years ago and have now played a second game of. I Ooh. I want to be to get in on a game of this at some point. I'm glad uh, that you've got another opportunity. Uh, for anyone who's never played the Battlestar Galactica board game, or I guess doesn't really know anything about Battlestar Galactica, what's the cliff notes on this? Uh, you are a... Well, you're basically in charge of the fleet of the last remaining humans after this huge uh, attack of robots. Yeah. Uh, they used to be... Uh, they, I think they were originally made by humans, then there was a big war where there was like an uprising, and then they disappeared for ages, and then they turned back up. Yeah. And uh, initially it seemed like it was going to be all peace, but it was not peace. And Mm. then they pretty much destroyed most of everything. Yeah. Um, But the board game thereof is um, you are trying to guide the fleet to their new home. Well, most of you were trying to do that. Some of you were not. Some of you might be Cylons. Basically, some of you might be robots disguised as people. Yep. Can you dis- work out who the robots are before they screw up your plan sneakily? Yeah. Because you thought they were human players? Yep. And um, 
it's it's a game that hates you. <laughs> there's there's not much in the way of supplies. There is like this destiny deck that adds into like every skill check you do in the game yeah. that could just throw something absolutely hideous. Yeah. Like at you so that it's almost impossible for you to get through a thing. And like I I've looked up online and people say like the base game of BSG the humans very rarely win. Yeah. Um, although the first time I think we played, I'm pretty sure the humans won. Hmm. But it is a hard game. It's pretty stressful. It, the impression of it I get from the outside is it's a little bit like um, Alien... What's the Alien card game we've got? Uh, um, Encounters... Le- uh, a- yeah, yeah, Legendary, Legendary Encounters, Encounters Alien. Alien. Um, in that one... Bad encounter turned over at the wrong moment can really put you on a on on the back footing. Except that at the end of every single turn, there is almost certainly a bad encounter. Indeed, but like the really bad, like if the wrong bad encounter at the wrong moment can really like have you fighting to to tread water. Um. Yeah. Certainly. I mean, the the there were two problems with the game we played on on Saturday. The the first was the fact that um. Somebody kind of broke the rules. Yes, um, yes. In that you're basically like in the second round, they picked up a card that let me let them check my uh, loyalty card. Yeah, I was a Cylon. Yeah. Um, and then we did that typical. You're a Cylon. No, you're a Cylon. Yeah. Which usually the way that works is is you know it there's there's some questioning at the table anyone could be lying yeah basically you the rule state that you will do like like you will keep it to yourself and think ah yeah but like in larger groups it can be very different because there might be two Cylons yeah um but because there was only three of us there was one Cylon there might not have even been a Cylon like in the first half of the game yeah because later on you get to reveal that. But, like, they... I wasn't really given a chance. I was sent immediately to the brig. And I, yes. there's me trying to, like, declare protestations for, like, a few rounds thereafter. And they were like, no, no, I don't, I don't believe that uh, you would... The, the other person is smart enough to have, have, have done what they did in saying that you were the, the Cylon, if not... Two problems with that. Those are two people that know each other really well and play a lot of games together. Yeah. So they know how they are anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was the outsider in that aspect. And the fact that the person who checked my card texted the answer to another person. Uh... So I'm sitting there going, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> like thinking it was still worth playing that. And what what should have done is just gone, move off and and do deliberately yeah. harmful things. So I was left there just going, actually, I'm going to help because I'm trying to prove my innocence. I'm going to keep yeah. helping and being as helpful as possible. And nothing, they weren't believing a word. No, because they shared information in a way they weren't supposed to, yes. to sort of clue themselves in. So I was just like, okay. Eventually, I just got bored. It turns out that uh, they then revealed that sort of they'd known the whole time. It's like, yeah. well, that that's a bit unhanded. Yeah, that's and not... Also, Really in the spirit of the game. No, not really. It is specifically stated in the rules as well. Yeah. Um, and just like that ended up dragging the game out for like an, like two hours longer than it needed to be. I think we were playing for like four hours. Yeah. It would have been wrapped up a lot quicker than that mm. because either there would have been no sign on in the beginning 
we someone would have been declared in the second half of the game, we would have been progressing, progressing, progressing. Or I would have been helping all the way, just letting things naturally run down as they do. Yeah. Because that's just the nature of Battlestar. Things are running down. You're running out of fuel and food and the but potentially by, by losing not population. super helping, you're letting things... Things will gently go down by themselves. Exactly. Yeah. You don't have to actively sabotage, Exactly. I, I did no active sabotage at any yeah. point until after I was, like, I've just given up, basically. Yeah. Um, And at that, at that point, we were already, like, two and a half, three hours in. Yeah. So it dragged out for another hour when it could have been, if you just declared me right at the beginning, I would have just gone, yeah, sure, whatever. Yeah. I'll hold my hands up. Mm. And and just, you know, massively uh, uh, gone for them. As it was, it was this long, slightly dull game of, well, no, I'm not admitting it. Yeah. Uh, he's going to keep declaring it. He knows absolutely that he's telling the truth. Yeah. So it's like, okay... We just spent four hours playing that, and it got not fun. Yeah. Well, I still want to play it at some point, and I am new to it, and I now know that that is a thing to avoid, so I will play some Battlestar with you at some point. I would also like to play with some of the expansions, because I know that like people have talked about the fact that the base game isn't perfect. Yeah. Um, And they fixed that, I hear, or or like tried to fix that with um, Pegasus and Exodus expansions. Yeah. So there's things like you can just throw a Cylon out the airlock. So in that example, had Sam gone, she's a Cylon, and Colin gone, yeah, I agree, she's a Cylon. They could have just flushed me out of the airlock. I would have immediately respawned on the Cylon base ship. Yeah. And just had it at them. Yeah. (laughs) Oh well. Oh well. Anyway, uh, what about you? Have you played anything else? Uh, I've been playing a lot of Pokemon. You playing Pokemon? Yeah, I'm like 90 hours deep into Pokemon already. Well, I never. In like a week and a half. Yeah, I'm al- I'm already 90 hours in. I have just finished the core story content, so mm-hmm. I have finished the league, I've beaten the champion, I've gone and got the legendary that's on the front of the box, uh, which had its own little bit of story attached to it. I've unlocked sort of the post-game stuff now, so there's this big battle tower where I can go fight a bunch of really tough opponents and I'll get a bunch of rewards for it. I've unlocked the stuff that I would need to make a competitively viable team if I want, and I can purchase those resources now. I can focus on uh, leveling up my team to level 100 and the grind that's going to start getting me a bunch of money. Um... I am most of the way through my Pokedex now. I feel like probably a day or two and I'll have that finished. Um, I'm up to something like 335 out of 400, so I've got like 65 Pokemon left to get. And a lot of that is just getting level up resources so that I can quickly get some stuff evolved. Mm -hmm. Um, I need to trade for a couple of things. I need to find a couple of things I missed on the adventure. But um, that will then give me the opportunity to get the shiny charm, Mm -hmm. which raises my shiny rates. I've got two shinies so far. Hey. One is a new gen-, gen 8 Pokemon, and one is an old Pokemon I did not have a shiny of previously. Mm-hmm. I've got a shiny Boltund, which is the evolved Yamper. Uh, and I've got a shiny Crustal, which is like a little crab with a big boulder on its back with some sort of like green like ore or something running through the through the rock. Mm. Um, so yeah, I have been playing more and more and more of that. Um, <laughs> I think that the... Bonus little story at the end that they have for getting the uh, the legendary that's on the box. I think it's an interesting move not having you get that legendary 
during the main story. I mm. think that's 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 nice that the story doesn't just point you towards it directly. You have to go. I'm gonna go do a quest for that. Can you get it before you finish the game? No. Okay. Um. So the legendary that's on the box will show up in some capacity, and you will see them and see how cool they are during the story. And then once you've finished the the, the league, you can go back and go. I'm going to trigger the story event that will set me up on the plotline to go get that legendary. Ooh. I think structurally it was a little repetitive, a little bit of bonus mission. Like there, there were some genuinely good moments in there. There was some twists in the plot I did not see coming. It was pretty cool. But like a lot of it did boil down to go back to every single gym you've been to previously, fight one big Pokemon there in a raid that is the element type of the gym you're in, um, and sort of mash through a conversation where the gym leader basically goes... Hey, there's a big Dynamax Pokemon in our gym. We don't know what happened. Will you three and me, the gym leader, join together to fight the raid that this Gigantamax Pokemon is in? Okay, we're in agreement. In we go. Like, there was a lot of repeating that over and over. But the having raids be a part of the narrative mechanic was really interesting. Mm. Uh, it was a nice excuse to go back to all the gyms and see what all the gym leaders were up to as the plot had progressed and seeing the world sort of move forward a little mm. bit. Also, I'm pretty sure I got crowned the Queen of England for being good at Pokemon. And that's... I mean, it couldn't be worse than the current line of succession. Yeah. Can I just say, um, props to Nintendo for the fact that this game's primary antagonists seem to be um, energy executives, capitalism, and the monarchy. Awesome. Like, those are the subcategories I would put the three... Like, this is not a story-heavy game. I don't feel like I'm ruining too much here, but those are your three camps of villain are people who you who are trying to make money out of energy production, people... capitalists with big fancy buildings, and people who want to be rich and famous just because they were born into richness and fameness. And royalty. Well, I mean, that is... Um, and all of them yeah. get their asses kicked, and it's great. Excellent. So, I'm having a lot of fun with this game. I'm glad. Uh, I, I've i been really enjoying the wild area in the post-game. Uh, one thing that I've really liked about it is once you beat the, the, the uh, champion, mm -hmm. they scale most of the wild area encounters up to a much higher level, because okay. they're like, hey, at this point you can probably handle it. Um... That whole big section is now, like, most things are at least level 60 now, uh, where they were originally starting somewhere like 10 to 50. So that's really nice. It sort of bolsters the challenge up, and if you need level-specific stuff, you can still find it on the individual routes. Mm -hmm. um, the surprise trade mechanic, where you just send any old Pokémon out into the world and get a different one back, has been really nice so far. People have been really giving and, like, not stingy with it. Hmm. I've seen surprisingly few, here's a bunch of trash I found on Route 1 trades, and a lot of, like, this isn't amazing or terrible, but it's, like, you'll see a lot of people who've been breeding stuff and been like, this is, like, 95% of the way to perfect on breeding. I'll send that out. I'll send version-exclusive stuff. There's a lot of people, like, starters or uh, lots of starters. Yet? I've been getting, like, so many starters, so many region-exclusives, um... A lot of things that are late game, um, but are useful early on, like dittos. There's been so many like different language dittos going around on 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 the trade, which is good if you're trying to get shinies. Um, 
and just a bunch of the stuff that people have seen in the promotion and have been like, oh, that's exciting, I want that. Like, people have just been peppering them through Surprise yeah, Trade. It, it really has seemed with this one more than any of the others, as far as I've been aware, yeah. at least, that this is definitely one where you don't really need both versions to, to yeah. feel like you can complete it. Especially if you're playing solo, yeah. don't have like a huge group of other yeah. Pokemon well, like, nearby. There's a bunch of nice things they've done on that front. Like, say you've got a Haunter and you want a Gengar, like good Gen 1 example, you used to have to trade that to evolve it. And you still can, you can still trade it to evolve it, but if you don't have anyone to trade with, go looking around. I've seen the trade evolution form Gengar just wandering around in the wild area. Like, you can find those things without. Stuff like version exclusives and regionals, people have just been, like, really understanding that's what needs to go on surprise trade. Mm -hmm. uh, someone tweeted me today going, I really want to get a score bunny in my game, and I, you know, didn't pick it as my starter. What, what, uh, you know, do, do you know where I can get one? I was like, just go on surprise trade for about 20 minutes, you're probably going to find one. Mm. Like, it's... It's been really nice seeing people go out of their way to try and breed stuff that will be desirable. And help people um, complete their decks. Yeah, exactly. But everyone's been really good about it. Like, uh, playing the game on Twitch, my Twitch chat has frequently been people going, hey, I'm looking for this, can anyone help? Yeah, sure, I'll help you out. And just people mm. sat in the chat during the stream facilitating trades with each Yay. other. It's been lovely. Yeah. It's It's been a while since... And, this feels weird to say, considering how brutally toxic the environment around Pokemon was before this game came out. But I mean, I segments of it still. Yeah, really but like, I don't remember the last time it was this communal and nice to be playing a Pokemon game at launch, where everyone was just like really excited and really hype about it, and just every everyone was excited about how cute everything was and wanted to help each other, and it's been really nice. And apparently those people who were grumpy about the game have not hurt its sales because it is the fastest selling opening weekend for a Switch game ever. And I believe in the last decade it's the fastest selling Pokemon game for its opening week. Well, like, so. I mean, you you <laughs> bought yours online, but Becky was shopping around for like a day and a half trying to find yeah. somewhere that still had one in stock. Oh, that's it. You've You've got people like Becky who hasn't played a Pokemon game since Gen 1, going, yeah, this one seems good, though. I won't, I won't get back into Pokemon, though. I'm so biased, I've, I've known so many people where this is the one where they're like, this makes me want to come back to Pokemon. And that's been really nice. Um, so, yeah, I now, I now have all of those post-game things opened up to me, and I have to go, oh, where do I begin? I've got to do so much shiny hunting, it's going to be great. Yeah, yeah. What about you? Have you played anything else this week? Uh, we played some Lords of Waterdeep. Oh, yes, yes. That uh, Well, because we were supposed to be doing Dungeons and Dragons, I was like, I've got Lords of Waterdeep. That's set in the Dungeons and Dragons universe. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, we, we lorded Waterdeepily. <laughs> um, basically, you, you take the role of a, a lord who will have like specific uh, things that they will be... They will get more victory points for doing certain types of quests. And you gather adventurers by by sort of going to various points ar around the city of Waterdeep. And you will, like, use your assistance to, like, claim uh, either assistance from adventurers that you can put in your tavern and then spend to complete quests. Or you can obviously generate money through various means. 
You can pick up intrigue cards, which can sort of mess with your opponents, uh, and build buildings that obviously will ex expand the map as you go on and slowly collect more victory points. And and there's always that sort of like, what kind of missions has that person been completing? What what are they going for? How can I sort of sidestep that? Yeah. It it's been it was a really good time. I do like lots of Waterdeep, um, but like I find like the less people you have the better that works. Maybe that's just me. Because I think you, you get to use more of your meeples, um, depending on how, and it feels like a slightly longer game that way. Whereas I think we played with the full five once, you only get three meeples, and yeah. it's like, um, hmm, 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 I have so few choices, and then it's like, just racing through into the next section of the game. Hmm. But, yeah, um, it's fun, especially with, with less people. And three is a good number. Yeah, and I love the box for it as well. It's so well designed, everything fits perfectly. And, and maybe that's a weird thing to like about no, a game. No, that's a great <laughs> thing to love about a game. All the best get Like, that game is so satisfying in how, how like, put-awayable mm -hmm. it is. <laughs> this is a good box. And it's been it's been a while since we played it, but like it was all in there straight away, and I knew what I was looking for and how to unpack it. And I think that is a good sign. So well done, Wizards of the Coast, and yeah, whoever yeah. does your board games. I mean, they're owned by Hasbro, so I yeah. imagine there's somebody there that knows what to do. Yeah, but a lot of Hasbro games aren't that well organised. <laughs> so what about you? Got anything else? Honestly, no. It's just been Shenmue and Pokemon all week. <laughs> um, I had one for work and one for pleasure. <laughs> um, the only other thing I've played is Feisty Heist. Oh, yes. By that Justin McDaniel. Justin McDaniel, that one? Yeah, that one what does all the editing for, we did, for the Podded Quisition. Yeah, we did Bag of Bones with a while. And we did Bag of Bones with yeah. on, on Curiosity Epidemic. Check that out on Curiosity Epidemic. Um, yeah, it's. It, I said on, on the stream that we did a bit, check out twitch.tv slash Janiac. Um, that the way it moves, like the character sort of goes sort of side to side as you move along, and it's grid-based movement, kind of reminded me of those old Tomy Electronic LCD games. Yeah. Or like the, the yeah. Nintendo Game and Watch things. Mm. And Justin was like, yes, that's exactly what I did. It's exactly how I designed it. Basically, you are breaking into a bank through a hole in the wall, mm. and you go to the safe, fill up your sack with swag, and try and escape. Mm. And every time you put money into the back of your van... Yep. The security system goes up another level. This feels a bit like that sort of clank mechanic of "Oops, the dragon's getting angrier." Like, well, the thing is, like, the more gold you're, the the more cash you're carrying, the um, like, slower you're moving. Yeah. So the question is, do you go for a full sack and and have it ramp up to fuck this difficulty really quickly? Yeah. Uh, or, or, or sort of more slowly, or do you just go like, I'm going to move quickly, but have it ramp up really quickly? Mm. Or what I did, which is like, grab a load of, of cash, and then stick it on the, the pavement outside the bank, and then run back before it sort of it ticks down. Because <laughs> any money outside the bank apparently just evaporates after a while. Um, so I was like, yeah, I'll just pick it up and drop it again. Pick up, pick drop, pick drop, pick drop, pick drop, pick drop. Fill this whole area, <laughs> and try and get as much out of the, like, into a nice safe space <laughs> before it becomes a problem. <laughs> and then I fuck the whole thing up by getting caught with just these piles and piles of money <laughs> everywhere. Like, ah! 
But yeah, it, it was good fun. And you can get it on uh, on Twitch. Huh. Uh, I just look for Justin McDaniel and Feisty Heist and you will find it. Um, you, you can get it for as little as a dollar. Hack. And it was a fun little game. So yeah, that that is everything I played this week. Well then, it's time for this. Aww. Hello, this is Aaron Soupmasher reporting for Stone Monkey Radio Live News. I am here today in Barnsley. I am here with the famous never-fed kitty of Barnsley. Meow. Now, I understand that you have never been fed, is that correct? Meow. That's right, you, you say you've, you've never been fed at all, you've been left to starve by the, your cruel human captors, is that correct? Meow. Meow. And cruel human captors, how do you respond to the allegations of the cat, how do you feel that the nation has turned so far against you because of the way that you have treated your poor, defenseless, starving cat? We literally fed her 35 minutes ago. She does this every day. Does this every day? Yes. So she has been fed? She has been fed. She had breakfast this morning, she had dinner 35 minutes ago, she gets fed on time twice a day every day. And within 35 minutes, the second there's someone that's not... Uh, who Even sometimes the person who fed her, she will come and shout as if she's never been fed. She will have it on with the person who fed her. Kitty, how do you respond to these allegations? Lies! <laughs> Are you a dom? Yes. Do you suffer with cold feet or bad circulation? Indeed I do. Consider supporting subpers. Every year, hundreds of needy subs are left unable to serve a master, mistress, or maastrix. You could help save a subby. Just imagine a warm subby wrapped up, clinging around your feet, keeping them nice and warm, and you wouldn't even have to do anything. Just sit there, reading your book, or playing video games, as a, a needy sub keeps your tootsies warm. Thank you. I feel warmer already. Now, keep curling up down there. So, <gasps> what have you put in your eyes? Well, we put a thing in our eyes together, which is the main thing I've been watching this week. Uh, mm. We've been watching more of that Dark Crystal Age of Resistance. Yeah, we are. That's a really good show, isn't it? It's really good. I'm enjoying it. I, I'm very much enjoying that... Particularly as it's gone on, it's felt less about the three, like, these are our three heroes, and more like, the supporting cast has come into its own a bit more, which has been really nice. Mm. Um, I've been enjoying a lot of the interweaving of the various narratives. I feel like we've got sort of five episodes in, and that that has been, it's gone from being very much a story about these people separately, to now weave it all together. Yeah, we've had the big, like, everyone... Everyone has been caught up on what is happening, and everyone knows all the pertinent information now. Um, and we, ha- we have had the everyone responding to the call to the action, uh, except for the people rejecting the call to action. Um, one thing that was just like a nice little detail that I think I mentioned to you at the time was, it's so nice to see like a scene of political drama play out where it's all women. Make yep. it, having their, the the various political arguments about the state of the the nation. Yep, that's a rarity, and I I hadn't really thought about it until like, oh, this is nice. Oh, this never happens. I'm pretty sure it passes the Bechdel test at some point. Yeah, no, I'm I'm pretty sure Multiple that times, I'm pretty sure that room of then. that that room of fe- <laughs> female politicians probably passes the Bechdel test considerably with their whole arguments over, hey, here's what's right for the kingdom, or queendom, or Thank land. You. 
It's oh, that's really good. Yeah. I love Hop. Hop's great. Hop, Hop is great. I love yeah. Hop. Yeah. Um, Paladin D- with the spoon. <laughs> I like D as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like the world design is great, and the like the occasional use of uh, CG for certain things, the the creature design, the 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 action scenes that have been done with just puppetry are stunning. Uh, there are some stunning puppetry based scenes. Uh, there is a creature that gets introduced a little ways in that moves in a fascinating way. Like mm-hmm. it moves between being a solid creature and almost flowing like water, and that's like just a really interesting visual thing they've done. Mm. Like it's clear this is a Henson production. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh yeah, you you know what you're doing with um yeah, but also like not just that, but I mean obviously you've got all of the Brian Froud stuff. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's it's a beautiful design. I'm curious to know where they go with it. I do kind of want to watch the film again because it's been a really long time yeah. since I saw that. I, the one thing on this is because we it's a prequel, it's like we know what the end state of this universe has to be. I can't remember. I honestly can't remember. Well, we we've we've had a few things from the film acknowledged like there's a shard missing from the crystal. Um and we know that when the movie happens, this problem has not been solved. And there does not seem to be an active rebellion. Yeah, I'm curious to know how this ends. Yeah, that's that's the thought. It's like, oh, this rebellion probably doesn't end great for the characters that we're attached to, I would imagine. This is going to be Rogue Squadron again. <laughs> I'm, I'm gearing myself up for a Rogue Squadron. I'm gearing myself up for, like... You yes. knew they had to die, yeah. you knew it was going to go yeah. badly, but at the same time, you were enjoying the adventure. I'm I'm gearing myself up for, there will be one thing achieved where we all go, I'm so thankful that you achieved that thing that sets the other story in motion and saves the day, but like, it's going to be bittersweet to say goodbye to all of you lovely people who are either going to have to move away, or are going to die. Mm. And... The, the way this show has not shied away from torture, I wouldn't be surprised if it killed off some characters to reset its world. I'm yeah. not ready. I'm not ready to see like Hup die. No. That would be too sad. It would be so sad. There are too many characters who, if they died, I would be very sad indeed. I cannot handle a Rogue One with this cast. <laughs> like these, these people do not seem. Ready to sit watching the sunset and accept their their incoming death. <laughs> no, I think they're going to resist. <laughs> I think that's the joy of it. All the also the sadness of it. Also, also the sadness. Yes. Yeah. What about you? What have you been watching this week? We watched some more. Uh, the good place. We did. We watched... that feels like it's coming to an end. It's Maybe. it's it's got to come to an end at some point soon. This is the last season, and we're like ten plus episodes in. I'm pretty yeah, sure, which is I think so. like we're getting into the territory of the length of a good place season. Um, I really liked the most recent episode, which uh, it it is the one that is a big flashback over one character's life in the new season. I think I had, that's I had a bit of a cry. Yeah, it was same. very sweet. It. It was really sweet going over everything, like, pre-show and what we've seen on the show and going, like, this is what this character has learnt from all the people around them and his 
how they've grown and, like, their sort of end state, and it's really nice to see this character like, oh heck, you have very definitely had a, a bit of growth and overcome your, your thing you were battling, and oh, this show's cast of characters is too good and I need for things to go okay for them. Fingers crossed. Yeah. It's a very sweet show. Have you got any others? No, I think that's everything I've watched. It's it's just been a busy week. It has. I've not watched much else. I've been watching um some of that uh, Jim Browning channel. Oh, the... The Scammer Buster on yes. YouTube? This is the one that I think I talked about before where he managed to get some Walmart gift cards that scammers had had. Yes. Like, get them cancelled before like, and yeah. get the money back to the person. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, he's a good egg, right? More, more of that sort of thing. It's, like... Yeah, his whole thing is just like hacking his way into scammer systems, hanging around to collect as much info as he can to like pass on. Reporting to the authorities, yeah. helping the right people, helping yeah. people get their money back. Exactly. It's it's really lovely. Like someone who has a good tech skill, putting it to use to help protect people who have been fooled. Mm-hmm. And the only other thing I've really watched has been uh, the Alpha Investments channel. They look at um, Magic the Gathering cards and sort of can tell you where which sort of generations they came in. Oh, is this like appraisals? Sort of appraisals, but also like uh, identifying fakes. Yeah, yeah. So I've learned quite a lot about identifying fake Magic the Gathering cards (laughs) this week. Um, It's been quite interesting. There's loads of stuff I didn't know. And, like, having recently ordered, like, singles from from eBay, there have been a couple of times I've gone... Of these four identical cards, one of them feels completely different to the other. It's like, hmm. Like, I know they talk, people have talked about the fact that the US card stock is not as good as the stuff that is printed in Europe. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, hmm. I don't mean I don't care, because it's only like you and me playing and occasionally friends that come over. It's not like you're going to a tournament. Exactly. But even then, like, don't think it's your matter. We're just there to play the game. I I I know, but but if it <laughs> if it doesn't matter, then how can they sell you more cards and make more money? And they well, they they that's when they you have to. Dra- f- that's when you played like draft and seal back and stuff. Yeah, I know, but that's that. It it all boils down to we need to sell you our cards, so you we we have to forbid you printing them and it's silly. No proxies. Exactly, whereas I, I am totally of the camp of like, hey, are you playing at home with uh, with someone or playing with your friends? Just run proxies, have fun, get to play the cool decks you can't afford to play otherwise. Understand how them, how other people play the game yeah. using different things. Indeed. Yeah, I mean, and my uh, bits from my popper deck finally arrived. Yeah, that was really fun to play yeah. against. It was fun to play with, but um, I don't think anything is really going to consistently beat that green deck. Well, I'll switch to one <laughs> of the other ones next time we play, but that Monarch mechanic was really interesting. Yeah, I've never seen it before. Yeah, it, if you do damage to the other person, you become the Monarch, and you get to have a draw phase during your end phase. Yes. So you basically get double draws... Which incentivizes like it incentivizes gobbing for damage on the other player. Yeah, we were um, really fighting for the crown in, in like I, one of those. I, I I I think a big part of it comes from my t- my time in Yu-Gi-Oh, where card advantage is like such a vital thing. It's like oh, I can sacrifice a unit um, and put myself in a slightly worse board position, but do damage to you and get some card advantage overall. Like I'm gonna take that every time. It's an option. Hmm. 
And especially with that green deck where you can like get just so many creatures that it becomes impossible to block them all. At which point, you guaranteed that you've done at least one damage and well, therefore become the monarch. Yeah, you don't have to do much damage, you just have to get out like six weenies and do one damage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh. One day I'll work out a good thing for that, but then I'll worry that that deck has, that the, whatever deck I made has just been so customised to put work perfectly against the green deck. <laughs> <laughs> Always a danger. Yeah. Anything else? Uh, that's it, pretty much. That's all I've just... Well then, time for this. Laura, hmm. Laura, we've got a new sponsor. Who's our new sponsor? This week's sponsor. Well, do you like watches? Uh, I I need to know the time. And a watch is a way of doing that. And do you hate the fact that sometimes I run out of battery? Oh, I, I very much do. And do you hate the fact that some of them need winding? Oh, yeah, that's just hugely inconvenient. What uh, if there was another option? <gasps> what other option is there? Is it a sundial? What are we talking about? I mean, a sundial is only good during daylight hours, and you live in the UK. Oh, goodness, yeah, there is no use for a sundial in the UK. What about locomotion watches? Oh, oh, locomotion watch. I'm sure I've heard something about something like them at some yeah, point. Yeah, you know, just you, you get involved in a movement, and yeah. then the watches go. Yeah, you're involved in a movement, and then yeah. watches happen. Yeah, yeah movement yeah. watches. They yeah, go exactly. Yeah, that's how they go together. <laughs> um, yeah. So, just want just like a really nice, fashionable watch. Yeah. I never wear a watch, but I once probably wore one of these watches, and people said that is a watch that you are wearing. Indeed. Is it not stylish and affordable by by the ranks of expensive watches? In, indeed. By comparison to Rolexes, probably it's a, I mean, a affordable probably, watch. I, I don't know. I've never bought a no, Rolex or would I, even but... considered. Yeah. I, I hear they swish rather than tick. Ah. I don't know if that's good or not, but... but apparently it's desirable. Oh. But tell me about these watches. These locomotion watches, they move when you move. So so if if, if I move, it'll, you know, store up power? No. To, no. No. When you move, they move. So, so if I want the time to be accurate, I have to never stop moving. Yeah. Just... just... So, so, so it's an exercise watch? Potentially. It doesn't have to be a lot of exercise, but you do need to have some locomotion in order to do... Perhaps you could do the locomotion. Aha! Perhaps I need to do, to get a standing desk and walk as I work so that I don't lose track of the time Indeed. that is probably on my computer. Yeah, and, and perhaps you would need to, you know, flail a bit in your sleep to keep them accurate yeah. during sleeping hours. There's locomotive watches. Imagine how good that would be if you had, like, 10% off your first order of a locomotive watch. Goodness, the savings will add up because I won't need to buy batteries for the watch because exactly. I'll just move forever. Exactly. This is a brilliant deal. Exactly. You'll keep moving until you stop moving and then it won't be a problem. Yeah. Right, you won't care at that point. You'll yeah. be like, I've stopped moving. I don't care for the time anymore. <laughs> Head on over to locomotivewatches.lol.net Enter the code QNPS94 Jesus, 94. 94! And you can get 10% off your first order at Locomotive Watches. That'd be good, right? Yeah! Ah, keep on moving on down to Locomotive Watches. You can have that one free. Nice. God, I stopped moving for a second during that ad read. Yeah, my watch... Can you just reset that for me? Yeah. Maybe if maybe if I run it'll catch back up. Yeah. Oh, have a quick strum, maybe. <laughs>
Inside the boardroom of Electronic Actor Softworks. Hi, hi, hi. How's, uh, how's business been today? It's been pretty good. We're ramping up to the primary gifting period, you know? Yeah, indeed. So many video games we put out that, like, doesn't even matter if they're unfinished. People won't have time to finish them to find out anyway, because there'll be another one. There'll be so many games coming out in the next few months, and they'll need to buy them all, because we have installed so much fear of loss in these people. Oh, goodness, goodness. Yeah, we learned that trick off of those, uh, those, the, the mouse animated people that, uh, keep doing yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, the ones that really help us out with all the copyright stuff by <laughs> keeping... Everything just locked down. Everything out of the public domain. Ha ha. Yeah. Brilliant. So, so, I've been working on something. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know how a couple of decades ago we used to make uh, linear narrative games that, you know, didn't have excess monetization and they were just like, you know, you you did the... They were bad games. Yeah, yeah. They were bad games. But like, here's the thing. We were fools back then. We made games that, at the time, cutting edge, expensive. Uh, yeah. There was that one we did, that uh, that one that's a bit of a cult hit, that was the most expensive video game ever made when we made it. And it was boring as I shit. I know, I know. But and we didn't have the, the foresight to sell microtransactions to cut out all of the grind. Yeah, the yeah. XP boosters, imagine that. So, so here's here's what I've been thinking. Right. We bring back that uh, that old franchise. Yeah. But, like, we don't go into it with the same ethos. Right. We're not trying to make the most expensive, biggest, best game ever ever now. Yeah, we're just making the same old shit. Yeah, no, right? we're making that... Because that very expensive, complicated stuff, now, very cheap and uh, effective. Yeah. So, here's... My, my initial worry was, what if they complain? They go, oh, this isn't, you know, this isn't very good. It's uh, padded out. It's uh, poor graphics. You've not a... Uh, Done any quality of life stuff? Well, I mean, don't we just do what we always do? We just don't send out any review copies until, like, five minutes before release? Well, we do that, but even then, you know what we do for the uh, for the customers that, you know, are actually going to buy in for it? We tell them, it's authenticity. This is how the old game was, so we were just trying to be authentic to the fans, and not trying to cut corners by not doing anything new. You. Are a fucking genius. I know. So. (laughs) No, I'm not going to leave that in. I was going to, and then you seemed shocked. (laughs) It wasn't, I was just laughing. (laughs) We'll see. I'll decide tomorrow morning. (laughs) So. What have you put in your ears this week? What have I put in my ears? Um, uh, I went to a a birthday event of a friend mm. this weekend, and we basically uh, we had we had some some alcohol and mm. we put on some music and we basically just had a good sing and dance along while getting a little bit tipsy. Yay. Uh, it was one of those kind of nights. It was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't give you a hugely detailed list of. Actually, I probably, I probably could down. give some specifics. Look at your YouTube history. So we we went through like a bit of a of a night of music. So we started off with like parody songs. Was where we got Yay. our start. Um, 
What, the, I, the, the one that I hadn't seen in a while, and I forgot how good the video for it is, is uh, Great Day by The Lonely Island. And it's a man singing about, like, I don't know why, but I feel like it's going to be a great day. And the whole time he's just got, like, white powder all around his nose. <laughs> um, and at one point he gets really aggressive and then, like, goes under the camera. And then comes back to, like, yeah, everything's going to be great today. And si very happily singing about how his life's falling apart. It's It's a beautiful masterpiece of chaos. Yeah, yeah. Um, don't do coke, kids. Yeah, don't don't do coke. Uh, which got us onto um, "Shy Ronnie" by The Lonely Island, which has Rihanna in it, and it's 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 a beautiful piece of acting, acting, singing by Rihanna. It's really good. Um, and then we got into like Shia LaBeouf, the uh, actual Yay! cannibal Shia LaBeouf came up. Rob Cantor. Yeah, we 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 had some bits like this that sort of start the night. Um. There was someone had mixed up "Bring Me to Life" by Evanescence with clips from The Office. That was a weird. Okay. Uh, but from there, we went into songs that had really good gay energy. Mm -hmm. um, so we had like Dua Lipa's "I Don't Give a Fuck" I D G A F. Um, we had some Hayley Kiyoko, who is really good at making good good songs about lady ladies liking ladies that have good gay energy. Um. We went into some sort of um, some K-pop for a while. We had some Girls' Generation, some Blackpink. Nice. Um, then we got into like the '90s section of the night. We had Ooh. Dolly Parton's Nine to Five. We nice. had some uh, Backstreet Boys. We had Bye 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 by NSYNC. A little n Mumbo Number Five. That nice. kind of stuff. Um, Eiffel 65's Blue, which we were drunk enough by that point in the night that people kept turning around mid-song, like, about three times it happened, someone would turn around mid-song and go, you're blue! Da-ba-dee-da-ba-dee. Then we got into the My Chemical Romance bit of the night, because My Chemical Romance are coming back, and everyone was excited, and we were we were just in the right place that we were all having a good emo shout-along. Then we went to... So the Gorillaz track, Dare, good track, but there is one really bad recording of it where the the male vocalist is clearly very drunk and or high, um, and his like his only line is to go, "It's Dare," and he's slurring it terribly, and it's kind of hilarious. He's just like, "It's Dare," sort of like stretching it out weirdly, and the 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 singer who's like you know doing her part really well keeps looking over like. Oh, fuck is happening <laughs> so we enjoyed a bit of that played some this theme theme tune to space jam which is um nerd becky her favorite song is the one song that is guaranteed to get her up and dancing at a party i don't think i know it is that get up uh, and jam yeah get up and jam uh we had some smash mouth some bon jovi Yay. uh we had some songs from some anime we we had a bit of yuri on ice soundtrack i, I did see you dancing to living on a prayer yeah uh, some high school musical soundtrack. Um, here's the thing. I don't like those films. Those films are terrible. There's a couple of legitimately good I'm gonna get what I'm aiming for and I'm gonna keep trying for it tracks. I used to have a friend who was absolutely obsessed with them. Um, I, I, I do not care for high school musical or its sequels, but I cannot deny the track Bet On It from High School Musical 2 is a real bop. Like, it's, it's a good track. Uh... We had some Disney music, Moana, some sort of. Yeah. Uh, we had some Moana. We had some. I'll make a man out of you. Back to the My Chemical Romance. Yay. Then we got into the mid two thousands like scene stuff. We had some The Killers. Somebody told me we had Mr. Brightside. Mm -hmm. uh, some Bowling for Soup. 
uh, Wheatus Teenage Dirtbag. <laughs> yeah, so we were all we were all doing the nasally voice for that. <laughs> um, I really like their version of um, Little Respect. <laughs> yeah, um, Fallout. We had some Fallout Boy. Um, yeah, that was that. That was that was my weekend of music. Uh, I mean. Damn, that's a good weekend of music. That that is like I can see where the progression of the night was looking yeah, back. Yeah. Uh, that's really the only music I've listened to was that's just a, a lot. That's a decent amount it, of music. It was a jumbled night of like nineties, two thousands, nineties and two thousands, yeah. sort of up and down. <laughs> it happens. You've reached an age where you will listen to like the last two decades of music. I, I will go. These like, these are my jams. These are these are my two decades that I like. <laughs> um. What about you? What have you listened to this week? <laughs> Not nearly as much as you. Um, I've been slowly chugging my way backwards through the um, Chup and Sit Down podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm now down to like episode 23 out of oh, 100. Oh, wow. So, You're running out. Yeah, I'm running out. I will run out of that eventually. Um, <laughs> I've managed to skip a couple because they did a spoiler cast for um, Pandemic Legacy. Yes, yes. Which I accidentally listened to most of. <laughs> <laughs> Oops! Oops! I I I have had pandemic spoiled for me, so oh, avoid wow. that. Oh, well, I mean, to be fair, it was probably the only way I was going to hear the end of it because yeah. we've we've been we've played three months of it over the course of about three years with our local group. Yeah. Um, one day, maybe one day, I'll get to play Pandemic Legacy again. Mm-hmm. But it's as bad as trying to get a D and D group together. Yeah. <laughs> um. And I finally caught up with uh, Dizvonke. Uh, oh, you're up, up to date. Yeah, I got to hear all of you singing uh, the lyrics to Snow uh, Informer by yeah. Snow. Yeah, Informer, you know, you know, say, Daddy, me Snow, may I go blame a licky bum bum down. <laughs> and then and then discussing <laughs> the existence of Snow as a person. Uh, and what Snow do. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought it was really funny because I, I took it on myself to learn, like, some of that song <laughs> a little while ago and then it was sort of like it, I think it came out of the fact that I just read the word Miss Farmer or <laughs> uh, to, uh, sorry the, 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 the name name of a person Miss Farmer on a thing and I could not get Informer out of my head well for the last like six months or a year every time we say a word that has three anything syllables with that cadence. anything with that cadence and the right number of syllables becomes like Informer, you know, so don't tell me I can play him. Like him, I'm down. I don't even know that song that well or like that song that much. It's just, it's become a thing we do that brings me joy. Oh, goodness. Um, I, I, I felt so proud the last like three weeks where I keep getting repeated opportunities to go, oh, I know about this. Snow's Informer. I can tell you the ballad of the Informer. Oh, yes, the ballad of the Informer. You know, say. <laughs> You know, <laughs> you know, said Adam Snow. You know, me, said I go blame. Me, I go blame. I'll lick your bum bum down. Yes, indeed. See, I had to stop and do it not at the right, at the full speed, and suddenly I was like, oh god, I can't do it now. I need, I need the tempo. The tempo gets me through. Well, you it. see, detective mans, <laughs> they say, uh, Daddy Snow stabs uh, someone down the lane. I'll lick your bum bum down. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I love a good like slowed down posh read through of lyrics sometimes. Oh, I, I regularly used to do them in the style of sermons and I can't remember I think we've done one on here as a skit some time ago I believe so I and the, the Lord Spade <laughs> sang Informer you know say daddy miss no me I go blame 
I'll lick you bum bum down. Amen. See, I was doing this the other day in the kitchen while I was washing up. Mm. I was going through from the beginning of the Black Parade album, the lyrics I could remember, um, but said in sort of like a a uh, posh man with a monocle sort of voice. I sort no, of, yes, 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 I yes. was a young boy. My oh. father took me into the city like, with well, a small donation of thousand pounds. I, I was more sort of, uh, come one, come all, to this tragic affair. Why bought that makeup? That's in his despair. <laughs> <laughs> now throw in the black dress, mix in with the lot. You might wake up and notice you're someone you're not. If you look in there, then I want to see you. The final first animal is like to be me. See. Great. I'm just wandering around doing that in the kitchen. I know people really hate that kind of thing. Oh, like, I... It's just like... But it's, it's just silly. silly to just, like, do the words to a song in some ridiculous voice. Yeah. Oh, was, this, was, this was for no one but myself. I was doing it out loud I for me. I love that stuff. Yeah. Uh... Have you listened to anything else this week? Not really. It's been a very light listen to... Um... Yeah, it's been, like... It's been a lot of work. I had to yeah. prepare for two D&D campaigns. <laughs> Only one of them happened. Indeed. <laughs> and I had to do many, 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 many work things that were not a part of my so regular work, work week. Hopefully soon, hopefully soon things will settle down. Hopefully so. Settle down. Yeah. Like, I've got a little bit of extra work to do this week. I've got a couple of sci-fi things and I agreed to one more review, but it's a smaller one, so... Yeah, he's... So small. he's it's going to be a, a busy a... week, but a less busy, a less of a busy week. I'm ramping down the busy. Nice. Let's go high, Billy. Uh... <sighs> so then. Time for this. <sighs> From the people that bought you Detective Pikachu comes a Pokemon story like none you've ever seen. The Adventures of Sparkle Hoss and Teacup Ghost. We have names. Yes, we do. I'm Galarian Ponytar. I'm a Sparkle Horse. And I'm Porty Ghost. I might even be genuine. Gotta check for the seal on the bottom of the car. But together we're gonna solve mysteries. <laughs> Sparkly mysteries. Tea-based mysteries. Join us as Justice Smith and Ryan Reynolds are now both trapped inside the bodies of Pokemon. Because if one thing has been learned, repeating the formula, but with more people in Pokemon bodies, is probably the way to go. That's The Adventures of Sparkle Horse and Teacup Ghost, coming fall 2020. Order, order. Okay, okay. Uh, thank, thank you for calling order. This is the first meeting of the City Planning Council since the incident. Um, with the kaiju. Yes, with the kaiju. We had that giant um, sort of lizardy, radioactive dragon breath uh, creature that stormed the city. And th- uh, yeah, yeah. And th- thankfully, we did push it back with the help of the city's new giant robot. But... As city planners, we do have a problem to face now. How are we going to get it back out of the city? Yeah, and and beyond that even, we have the problem of... Next time we have to deploy the giant robot. Because we do need to deploy the giant robot. I don't know how else we fight these things. But the giant robot did destroy a lot of buildings while trying to get to the kaiju. Like... I'm not saying that we would have been worse off if we'd left the kaiju to just destroy everything it wanted, but... 
the giant robot did step on a lot of people's homes and buildings and cars and possessions and destroy a lot of city infrastructure. Could we put more five-lane motorways in? Those are just about wide enough with, with, with both sides. And then the the robot could walk along those. We just shut them down during the event of, of another kaiju attack. Oh, so, so during a kaiju attack, we make those uh, giant robot lanes. Yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, I'm, I'm with you, I'm with you. How about we look at bunk beds? Uh, a second level of city above the city. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, you know, we won't get much daylight anymore, but if required, the giant robot can walk on a layer above the city. What if one of the plates from that layer fell down and landed on, say, the slum area below that? Um, well, we would make sure to reinforce the strength of it. Um, obviously, more expensive areas would be at higher risk, so we would need to reinforce them more heavily than those above the slums. But, um... So, any other any other suggestions for how we can deal with the requirement of a giant robot to get around? Um, we could just have the giant robot throw stuff at the kaiju. Not not take any steps, because then he doesn't have to step on anything. Well, at that point, wouldn't it be better if we just had a large gun of sorts? Well, yes, but that wouldn't look as cool when we all get to film it out of our office windows having a cool fight with the kaiju. What if we had, like, a giant cannon charged out of energy we were generating from the Earth's core? That would require us to invest in energy sources other than coal. And we know our friends from the coal department just won't have that. Yeah, mm. that's that's totally fair, I guess. So, yeah. Bunk bed city bunk it is. Bed, bunk bed five-lane motorway city. Sold. Ah. Hope we at least get another kaiju now so that we're not just living in shadow for nothing. <laughs> Oh, thank you. Question time. It's time for literally a couple of questions. What are those couple of questions? Uh, Bethany Turner. I'm about to embark on a Numenera... Numenera? Numenera. Campaign with a group uh, I've been playing Pathfinder with. Have either of you played it? And also, do you think it would make an interesting setting for Dice Funk or Badly Designated Heroes? I don't believe I've played Numenera. Um, okay, so imagine that's like, you know how, like, we talk about, ah, oh, the Aztecs just vanished. Ah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, they didn't. No, but <laughs> the hyperbolic statement. The yeah. hyperbolic statement is made by people that don't know any better. Yeah. Where did they go? They left all this stuff. It's like they just upped and left and it's had nothing to do with colonialism, probably. <laughs> um,. But, like, imagine that that is the case. Like, there existed this this civilization, and they built these things, and then they all died out. And then another civilization came along, and they built their things, and they all died out. And imagine that happened, like, eight times before. <laughs> We're now in the ninth time. And we oh. have all of this sort of different civilization passed Weird after we Weird mismatched old tech. Doesn't it sound and, cool? Yeah, that, that sounds really cool. I... Don't have time to play that, but it sounds cool. And yeah, it sounds like an interesting dice funk setting. Yeah, I'm sounds sure like I'll... an interesting setting for any kind of fiction. Yeah. Uh, I I had a, a quick look through the the thing that Bethany sent. Thanks, Bethany. Thanks. Um, yeah, it, it it looks really interesting. I've not played it, but yeah, would definitely give that a try. Nice. Uh, I love Dedu. Um, uh, Dedu. I love Dedu Molinaro. I uh, would like to know. 
Uh, what would you sound like if you were a song? I feel like if I were a song, I would probably be jazz, in that I'd be a little bit erratic, a little bit sort of like, not necessarily predictable, a little all over the place. And that's kind of the charm, there's a little, little bit of everything going on. Uh, Ordered chaos. I think I'd be like a, a, like a hard style mix. I'd go from like really melodic, um, like really melodic stuff, quite beautiful, the more chill end of hard style, to the like just pirate music, <laughs> to full blown fucking gabba. <laughs> See, I, I I like the sort of like ability to shift within a thing. In that, like, I I feel like you know there'd be you know you jazz have got your sort of quiet bits, you sort of yeah. like oh yeah everything's going predictably, and then you get, everything gets a little like oh oh what's going on there huh oh that all got a, a bit freeform jazz that all got a little bit freeform for a while okay everything back to normal oh we got freeform again <laughs> and not always to everyone's taste no yeah. but people who whose taste it is to seem to approve yeah they do that yeah and that is all the questions <gasps> well then. Some of this. Some of this. Do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Crucial Justice Warriors. Crucial Justice Warriors? Yeah. yeah. Alright, Larry. Alright, Barry. How are you doing? Um, well, you know, it's uh, ramping up to election season, so uh, oh, yeah. just watching the lies fly. Try, try not to get too stressed about all of the uh, blatant misinformation being used to try and get the right wing another uh, few years in power. Huh? Yeah, you know, while uh, while obviously trying to encourage as many of the disenfranchised people to vote as possible, you know, convince yeah. them that their vote really does count because, you know, historically we have seen that the number of non-voters vastly outweighs the number of that vote in either direction. Indeed, indeed. And it, it, it does seem like this this time we have seen some movement in that of people going, you know what, I'm going to step up and do it. It seems, seems to my profile, people who for years gone, oh, I don't vote out of principle, go, okay, I'm voting because we can't have more right-wing people in. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it doesn't help, of course, the, the, the part the media plays. Obviously, a lot of people are, you know, being constantly fed bullshit by yeah. billionaires through the through the uh, the newspapers. Well, the BBC has been particularly bad for it recently, for well, a, yeah. uh, a a news provider that is supposedly meant to be uh, balanced and unbiased. Oh, I a... gave up on that idea. Oh, I know, but there... here's the thing. There's a difference between we clearly prefer one side to another. And what they've been doing recently in this election cycle Just with Boris. Just making shit up. Yeah, so it's all when, when Boris, you know, put a wreath the wrong way up on a thing and they just didn't use that footage and showed footage from years ago to avoid embarrassing him. And then did you see the other one they did where uh, it was being laughed at during a political speech? So they edited out the laughter and replaced it with him saying the same words from a different speech so that you couldn't hear he was being laughed at for his ludicrous beliefs. I, I haven't personally seen that one, but then I generally try to avoid watching television. But good gravy, that is, uh, that's pretty appalling. Yeah, like, you know, the Reef one, they initially try to say that's an accident. And, you know, that's unbelievable, but at least, you know, it's conceivable. You don't accidentally splice in a clip of someone saying some words that doesn't include laughter. To yeah. make them look less uh, laughable. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know how real it was, but I did see something flying around on social media that uh, the BBC were being told that they shouldn't be seen to be criticising the Prime Minister because it might remove some of the, the trust and faith people have in the Prime Minister. But if the Prime Minister is causing people to lose faith in them, that's their problem, not the BBC's. It is their 
they're supposed to be there to impartially report the news yeah, that actually happened. Indeed. It's not, you know, pick and choose what what they what they they're you know they're indeed. just supporting this. Oh, if if you so, if, so if you if you doctor if you doctor footage before putting it out, it is no longer news. It it's, is pro- it's, it becomes propaganda at, uh, that, point. at that point. Yeah, it's, it's if, if you are if you are editing it to make a person in power look better before you put it out onto your news broadcast. Yeah. To, to to deliberately hide things that hurt them. That's proper. That's what propaganda news wings do. Yeah, and you know, people have been saying for years that London is one of the most corrupt cities on the planet. And yeah. uh, I think they're right. And I, I think that a lot needs to very seriously change. Otherwise, we yeah. are heading in a very very dangerous direction. And <sighs> I hope that. Y- young people yeah. are getting more encouraged to learn about political issues and they're not letting people with perhaps a vested interest in the other sides shouting things like politics is boring or social justice warrior yeah. or everywhere well, else yeah well you know, like, did, did you see the misinformation stuff that the uh, the the tories were doing recently uh, was, i mean amongst well, Amongst there, the, there was just there the was a couple, tirade of it there was constantly. a couple of particularly egregious ones. Uh, did you see that a Tory uh, Twitter account changed its? Uh, it's a verified account. Changed all of its like its images and its name of account and description to misleadingly suggest it was a, uh, a fact checking organization. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, like one of those like Politifact sort of places. Yeah. Um, in order to then go. Oh, the Tory the fat check. Labour's lying, probably, and Tories are telling the truth and are good. Yeah. Or the other one where they they uh, made a fake website that looked like it's a website for like, hey, get 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 registered to vote. You know, engaging people to to get registered. It was actually an anti-Labour site that they created, um, and it was the top result for you know how do I register to vote. Yeah, I imagine that was quite expensive for them to put on, and I, I question who exactly is paying for that. Well, taxpayers, probably, isn't it? Well, hopefully. <sighs> I mean, not hopefully, but at the same time, you know, there are other things, especially considering Boris has been accused of uh, covering up thing about Russian in, in, interference in, in our yeah. elections. There's a lot going on that is very, very concerning, and I hope that people who don't get all their news from newspapers or the BBC are getting being as, aware of that. And getting as angry as they probably should be about this. Yeah, and and being more active and doing more to, uh, to, to try and unite against forces of evil. I yeah. hate to be sound dramatic, but, no, that's, but you're right. that's literally what we're dealing with at the but, moment. Yeah. Oh. You up for that hug, mate? Yeah, I could do with it. Definitely, mate, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, ah, good luck, well, mate. Good luck, good luck. Shall I uh, pop the kettle on? Yeah, have a cup of tea. Nice, nice. Lord me. Mr. Dove. Mr. Dove. Where can we find you on the internet, darling? Laura K. Buzz in, like, all of the places. In all of the places. Laura K. Buzz on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, Patreon. That's the one that pays the bills. Uh, if you check out laurakbuzz.com, you'll find links to... Absolutely everything that I publish, uh, be it written content, podcasts, videos, etc. Uh, currently, lots and lots of YouTube, uh, lots and lots of Pokemon content. 
Uh, I've got a really comprehensive but simple broken down uh, Pokemon Shiny Hunting Guide for Sword and Shield, which is on laurakbuzz.com. Uh, Twitch and YouTube, I'm currently doing um, lots and lots of live streams and edited videos of um, a Pokemon playthrough. Uh, lots of reviews going up on Polygon at the moment. Lots of end of the year features going up on Sci-Fi Fangirls in the coming weeks, so that'll be cool. Um... Oh, what else have I? What else have I got at the moment? Uh, I've got books. Uncomfortable labels. It's a book about being gay and trans and on the autism spectrum. It's available where books are sold or laurakbuzzstore.com if you want to get the audio book. Uh, there is also things I learned from Mario's butt, which is a uh, illustrated coffee table book of video game character butt reviews with a bunch of uh, really interesting developer and critic guest uh, contributors. That is coming out in October 2020. Uh, a little bit earlier, if you uh, if you get it on Unbound, you'll get it a little ahead of that. If you have a digital reward you're waiting for for that, either the uh, the Skype calls or the uh, social media avatars, if you've not checked your emails, check your emails, because we've sent out emails to organise those backer rewards. Other than that, Pixel Square. It's a video game podcast where we review video game pornography, uh, I do Dice Funk, it's a Dungeons and Dragons podcast that I'm on every week. Uh, I'm on seasons 3, 4, 5, and 6. Uh, the raw stuff contains stories, so you can jump into any of them that you like. There is Podquisition, which is a video game podcast where we frequently go into tangents about left-wing politics. And... Uh, Jane, where are you on the internet? I'm Maniac Janiac on Twitter and YouTube. I'm also on stonedmonkeyradio.blog and patreon.com as slow as Stone to Monkey Radio. And I'm on Twitch as Janiac. Uh, but, um, yeah, that's it, really. Yeah. Oh, soundcloud.com slash Magnet, where you can listen to, very soon, Polyarmory. We've done Heck. two recordings of episodes. Do, do we know how soon? Um, as soon as I finish doing the artwork and the music so <laughs> maybe tomorrow we'll have time to get started on that hehe <laughs> um what else uh yeah uh you can send me money as uh pay uh, pay no, 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 paypal.me slash jane magnet mm. or patreon.com slash stone to monkey radio you can join all these lovely people who do me a support <gasps> like math tiger asks what is 280.46 times 1.5 it's 42069. Yeah. Uh, Jaden, Cassiopeia Swift, Kalul R, Callum, Muscle, stop trying, to, stop trying to steal my name, Turner, Snake Kearney, the Christmas Snake, uh, Jay Logan, Conduit of Greatness, Mage of Life, Larry Yelling NB, uh, Tales of Inquiry, Robin Anton, Kellergy is thankful her spirit is bound to the awe inspiring Mitzi. Mitzi is good cat. <laughs> uh, Rob, uh, the Cube Conqueror, uh, Jurgen, Indie Monster, Vidmic Ferdy, Conduit of Name Butchering, and Basin is back. Those are lovely people who do me a good support, and I thank them very much. And they can check out Patreon in the patrons-only section and have a, a look at the picture that I drew for them. Mm. I hope they like it. I, I like it. Laura, darling. Me? Will you sing us out? Until next time, be a stranger. Are you a dominant? Yeah.
That was not not Dom energy at all. (laughs) (laughs) This is what happens when you expect the sub to do a Dom move and if I can can read. (laughs) (laughs) Is this the end of the episode now? Is this what goes to the end? (laughs) (laughs) 